0: You may be seated. It is amazing love. If you know who you are outside of Christ, who you were before coming to Christ or who you are outside of Christ, it will amaze you that he came to die, not for his friends, but for his enemies, who we all are if we're not in Christ Jesus. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. Think about that. His grace is truly amazing. Turn back to Romans chapter 11, if you will. We will continue our series in Romans. We are in chapter, I mean, Romans 12, not 11. We're going to look at verses 16, I mean, 17 to 21 today. I'm going to read verse 9 to 21. And we're talking about persecuted love. What? What? What does genuine love look like that is under persecution? And to, to a certain extent, we know that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So there'll be some level of resistance for all of us who try to actually walk out what Christ calls us to walk out as his children and as his disciples. But um, then sometimes and in some places in the world, even today, there'll be very intense persecution, uh, physical uh, in all its forms. And uh, so pray for the brothers and sisters around the world who are experiencing that. And this is, this is kind of a mini boot camp for persecution. I've told you, it's coming. It's here, it's coming, it will intensify short of a, a great uh, revival in this country and renewal. And so we're looking to God's word. How does the gospel change our lives? What, are, what, what should my life look like as a result of all of the mercies that we've studied in chapters 1 through 11? That's, that's how we start. We're getting the therefores of the gospel in chapter 12. Therefore, being in Christ, this is what I should be looking like and growing in. This kind of living sacrifice, verse 1. But I'll let you go back and read those first eight verses and listen to those sermons if you need to. I'm going to pick up in verse 9, reading. Therefore, because Christ is king, because he is savior, because you are trusting in him and him alone, you have been made a child of God who is forgiven for all sin, clothed in his righteousness, adopted into his family. He will finish the work. You are you are a child of God. Therefore, number verse 9, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Therefore, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Thus far, God's word. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray for all of us that know you this morning, that those of us who are your children, that you would help us by you and your sanctifying work within us to less and less allow evil to overcome us and push us into sin. And to more and more overcome evil with good. With Christ's likeness. With following you, Lord Jesus. So bless me to preach your word in the power of the Spirit. In one sense, to get out of the way. So that you take your word and do your work in our hearts. Empower me by your Spirit to preach the word. And empower us to hear it as your word. With diligence and attention uh, and devotion to put it into practice. You make us what you want us to be. And it will be our delight if we are truly trusting you. We know that you have told us, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So may your gospel produce in our hearts an abiding and growing devoted love for you. That grieves over our failure and abhors what is evil. And that rejoices over the good that you are working in us and through us, making us more like our Savior. So bless the preaching and the hearing of your word. It's in Jesus name we pray and trust for it. Amen. Hello. My name is Enigo Montoya. You killed my father. I forgive you. Prepare to die. Hello, my name is Enigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. That comes from Yeah. In the movie, Inigo lived his entire life to get revenge on the six-fingered man who had murdered his father. Inigo swore revenge and would not stop until the six-fingered man was dead. He was consumed with finding and killing the six-fingered man to such an extent that he memorized the line that he would say when he finally ran him through with his sword. Hello? My name is Enigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. See, in his mind, and I know this is a made-up story and movie, but it's a good picture, but in his mind, vengeance was right. See, none of us can identify with that, right? He was constantly saying to himself something like, vengeance is mine. I will repay. So everything he did was crafted To fit within that narrative of him finding and killing this man. Don't worry, I'm not going to ruin the movie if you had not seen it. See, like an ego, when we are wronged, we think we have... Or if we just think we've been wronged. When we are wronged or we think we've been wronged. Nothing seems more right or feels more natural than to plot revenge. To make the other person pay. To treat them as you have been treated. But remember, sinful actions, many times, feel right at the time. But listen, if God forbids it, it doesn't matter how it makes you feel. It's evil. So if we're going to live for God's glory, and especially if we're going to thrive under persecution... We must lean hard on the Holy Spirit to enable us to live for the Lord who says vengeance is mine. I will repay. It requires faith, doesn't it? Trust in the Lord who has told us who he is and what he requires of us because he has sacrificed his son for us. See, we've been studying the book of of Revelation. Y'all probably would like that. Book of Romans and the things that we've seen from the book of Romans. The first thing that we've seen is there's an unrighteous, no, not good, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that we are all under condemnation before God and we need a savior who is not us, who is outside of us because we have sinned and the wages of sin is death. We've seen that Jesus Christ is that savior and that its salvation comes to us as a free gift through faith in him, through trust in Jesus Christ. And that those God brings to Himself and justifies, He also sanctifies. So we've seen a theology beginning of sanctification where we are, we've been told that we were with Christ in union with Christ in His death, burial, and resurrection. So sin no longer reigns over us. Therefore we are alive to God, empowered by the Spirit to be putting sin to death, growing in our sanctification knowing that we are renewed and enabled we can we by his grace through his word depending on his spirit resting in Christ we are able to to more and more say no to sin and yes to righteousness and then we saw God's sovereign grace in chapters 9 through 11 for Jew and Gentile and now like i said we're picking up on how should my life look if the gospel is true the mercies of God in chapters 1 through 11 shape me how well, this way, and we've been looking at that since we started verse one of chapter twelve. Today we come down to verses seventeen to twenty-one. And here's my main point. And it they entitled it just a part two. Because we, we it was Persecuted Love last time. It's persecuted love part two. This time it's the same context. So But the main point is this overcome evil with good by forsaking vengeance and returning a blessing instead. <clears throat> Simple outline. <clears throat> Overcome evil first with good by forsaking vengeance. Before we read verses 17 to 21, look back at verse 14. We've kind of already gotten hints of this in this text. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. And now look at verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable, to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceable of all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So the Lord has told us to return a blessing instead. We saw this last time in our context of persecution. That's when we looked at the verses like this. I'm, I think I just alluded to this verse last time. I wanted to read it to you this time. Luke six twenty two to 23. We, we need our mind reshaped how to think about uh, rejection. How to think about resistance? How to think about persecution? Jesus put it this way in Luke, recorded in Luke six twenty-two to twenty-three. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil. Not just because you're mean, but look on account of the Son of Man. Now look at my response to true persecution because I'm trying to follow Jesus. This should be my mindset. To know that I am blessed. Therefore, look in verse 23. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. So we are to rejoice in persecution. Not, not extraordinarily seek it. But just know as we seek to live for Christ in this dark world. Some are going to love it and some are going to hate it. Some are going to congratulate us and some are going to persecute us. There is just no way to change that. If you want to make sure nobody ever persecutes you on your social media, never mention Jesus. But if you're a follower of Jesus and you never mention him on your social media, that's just another way to deny him. So that's not a good thing. People should be able to look at anything you do and tell that you are a Christian. Look at verse 17a, the very first part. Repay no one. Evil for evil. NASB says never repay evil with evil. Never, what does never mean? Never, ever, ever return evil for evil. When wronged, when, listen to me, when wronged, look first to the word, look first to Christ. Because we're geared to just respond with our feelings, aren't we? That's just how God made me. You offend me, I'm going to tell you about it. Well, welcome to the flesh. That is not the Holy Spirit telling you to say that. You're a new creature, creature in Christ Jesus, if you know Him, with the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And even having a new heart. And this will be part of the way that new heart is expressed, is that I will learn to never, never Never return evil for evil. So when wronged I'll look first to the word, not my feelings. The desire to retaliate will always be there. And it will seek to overtake us. But you can never justify returning evil. The Bible says such thing as a soft answer turns away wrath. And that's a general statement. It doesn't always it's not a guaranteed potion or anything like that. Give a soft answer. Give a true answer. Maybe give no answer in the moment until you can pray about it and think about it. Remember, you are to love those who hurt you. Bless those who persecute you. And we talked about that means praying for their blessing, especially their salvation last time. Getting, listen to me. Getting even is evil because God commands us not to do it. If this is true with our enemies, how much more with our friends and our family and especially our church? Because listen, we're going to rub up against one another and offend one another sometimes. And even in the church, we just sort of bounce with these natural inclinations, don't we? And somebody will kind of, and maybe they didn't even mean to. They all offend us and we'll just Rawr. And if you can and not be convicted about it, you've got a problem. See, if this is true even with our enemies, how much more our church family and our families and our friends. Because look what it says here in the ESV. Repay no one evil for evil. You might say, well, you don't understand what they did to me. Well, I'm going to say, you: you don't understand what you did to Jesus. He took hell for you. And you're going to worry about somebody stealing your parking place? Or not eating your quiche, or whatever silly thing my friend called it, guichi. A whole other southern story I won't tell right now. Look what! Look at that verse: Repay no one evil for evil. Now that's true of your enemies. That's true of your friends. That's true of your spouse. That's true of your neighbor. Repay no one evil for evil. The golden rule is not do unto others as they do unto you. I've said that before. That was Opie's misinterpretation, wasn't it? In Andy Griffith's show. The the command is for you to do unto, unto others as you would have them do unto you if you are thinking rightly and operating according to God's Word. You take the initiative. You trust God. You walk by faith. Never, in A.S., return evil for evil. Or, ESV here, repay no one evil for evil. Listen, some of us need to go meditate on that. Because sometimes if people don't line up with us with every jot and tittle, we're going to... Let them have it. Repay no one evil for evil. See, Jesus commands that our hearts be filled with love and mercy for all, including our enemies. You might say even our enemies. Look what it says. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable. In the sight of all. We'll come back to that later. I'm going to bounce through these verses according to my outline. And then I'll come back and pick up with the things that I leave off. Look at verse 19. We're going with the first part of verse 17. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. But leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Now listen, you're either not listening or not thinking if you don't think that is not hard. Living in this world. I mean, even in the church, that's hard, isn't it? But especially with our enemies. I want you to imagine us being in some country where Christianity is outlawed and to, to follow Christ is death. And and your property's being seized and your, your family's being broken up, and, or you maybe are about to be martyred for Christ. Never avenge yourselves. Look at a few of the words uh, from Proverbs. Proverbs 20, 22. Do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord, and He will deliver you. Didn't you hear that in David, in, in 1 Samuel 24 that I read? David had been anointed king. David knew he was going to be king. Saul knew the kingdom was being removed from him. Saul was jealous and scared, and Saul and David, probably the one that was going to replace him, and he was trying to kill him. And David had the opportunity to take his head off in that cave. And probably the right, according to the way men look at things. But he did not do it. He waited on the Lord. And he even said that at the end of that passage that I read. Do not say I will repay evil for evil. I told you all last week, this is not instruction for the state. This is not instruction for the Marine Corps. This is not instruction for... This is instruction for the church. This is instruction for us and how we are to relate and interact. Okay? It doesn't eliminate church discipline. It doesn't eliminate six commandment. You know, thou shalt not murder responsibility. It doesn't eliminate any of those things. But on a personal level and basis, this is what he's calling us to as followers of Christ, to walk the way he walked. Proverbs says, never say, I will repay evil. Wait on the Lord. He will deliver you. Look at 24 and 29. Do not say, I will do to him as he has done to me. I will pay the man back for what he has done. Do not say that, it says. Why? Deuteronomy 32, 32 35 is which, what is Paul is quoting. The Lord says this Vengeance is mine and recompense for the time when their foot shall slip, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and their doom comes swiftly. What happened to Saul not too long after that incident? You better go read it. He died. Trust all vengeance, all, all not being your own judge and jury, not being the one who executes justice. Trust all vengeance and justice to the Lord. Look at verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil. Every time we respond in the flesh, we have been overcome by evil. If we respond according to the flesh, we've been overcome by evil. We also show that at least in that moment that we respond in the flesh, we're not trusting, we're not believing, we're not loving God. He was willing to take the blow for us, but we're not willing to take it for Him. We are overcome by evil when we allow evil to push us into sin. In this context, revenge on our persecutors or repaying anyone evil for evil. I tell people all this all the time in in just one-on-one counsel and in marriage counseling. Your spouse cannot make you sin. You cannot ever look at your spouse and say, I did this because they did that. They made me do this. You can't say with Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. Because when you sin, you choose to sin. You might be justifying it and creating an environment in your own heart that makes it easy. But I've said this before. If you married to Satan's sister, you've got everything you need to be righteous and holy in God's sight in Jesus Christ. And none of you are. By the way, don't say that's me. Because you'll have bigger problems once you leave here today if you do. <laughs> Don't let evil overcome you. Don't, be, don't let yourself be provoked into unrighteousness. Don't see the offense as the first thing, but see Christ. Put on the gospel glasses, remember. Interpret everything through Christ and the gospel. So I expect... Per, the one thing I want you to do is expect resistance. Expect it. God's Word promises it. And prepare for it. That way you're ready to respond rightly to it. Like my friend's roommates I talked about last week. Who he would persecute and they would shine his shoes. Because we're overcome by evil when we react in the flesh. And so many of us are justifying reacting in the flesh. And you better stop it. Well, that's just how people are where I come from. Yeah, sinners are all over the world. That's why it was in my house. If you grew up with my dad, you had to walk on eggshells or you would get it. Remind me a lot of Saul in a lot of ways. He, he nearly pinned my brother to the wall with a dumbbell with weights on it, not a spear. But it still put a hole in the wall. And if Steve hadn't ducked and run, it would have put a hole in his head. I just have a bad temper. No, you're just reacting in the flesh. You, and you're just fine. You're not looking to God. You're not seeking to put it to death. You're, you're just saying, that's just how I am. But if the Spirit's in you, He's going to convict you about that and cause you to stop it. And if, he, and if you're not convicted about it, that's really, really bad news. Because one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control, isn't it? So, our text is showing us, and it 's simply telling us to do what Jesus did to follow him and bless those who persecute you, to repay no one evil for evil, to leave vengeance he the Son of God came into the world not to condemn the world that, but that we might be saved through him and trust vengeance to God, so the first The first part is overcome evil with good by forsaking vengeance or or by entrusting it to the Lord, ever how you want to word that. Number two, overcome evil with good by returning a blessing. Instead, look back to verse 17 and the rest of it. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought as to what is honorable in the sight of all. So pray for those who persecute you. Do good. Love your enemies. And this reference to being honorable in the sight of all. Even sound-minded unbelievers know that vigilante justice is a bad thing. That's why we have courts and laws to go through to deal with those kind of things. Verse 17. Give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. See, we're to be honorable in the sight of all as followers of Jesus to the extent that we can Right. Look at verse 18. God's real. God's word is real. He says, if possible, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. You don't return it. You don't give it back. You return a blessing instead that may or may not cause that person to stop. You honor God in your situation. Do the best you can. What's the best I can? The best I can is by applying what he tells me to do in that context. Because some people won't have it. They won't hear it. Just like a soft answer turns away wrath. Well, that works a lot of the time. And sometimes it gets you in bigger trouble. Because people want you to fight with them. If you won't fight with them, they get more angry at you. Because they sense they are lacking the ability to control you now. If I know I can push your button and get you to give it back, I can control you with that. I mean, I don't and I shouldn't if I'm walking righteously. But some of y'all know what I'm talking about and you're using that. And I'll just leave that for another, for another time. But God's Word says, if possible. What do you mean? Well, you do what you should do and you leave the rest to me. See, it's not always possible, but failure should never be our fault. Strive to live at peace with all. The fundamental message of the gospel is deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Follow Jesus. Who allowed, Jesus allowed himself to be severely mistreated without retaliation so that he could save us. He could have kept them from crucifying Him. He didn't have to go to the cross. He didn't have to let Himself be beaten and abused. But He carried our sorrows. He carried our shame and our sins Look at 1 Peter 2 23 and 24. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might what what was the purpose? That we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds you have been healed. So when that in Isaiah 53 and here in Peter, that healing is primarily talking about us being healed inwardly, healed from sin, given a new heart and the power to obey. Yes, real physical sickness is one of the miseries of sin. But that's that guarantee there, and that's talking about, you can see it in the context, it's a sin healing. It's a sin healing. He bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. And that's where it says, by his wings you've been healed. See, that's why Christ came. Why did Jesus have to come to save us? Couldn't we be good enough? Doesn't God grade on the curve? Won't my good works outweigh my bad works? Outside of Jesus, I don't have any good works. Now, I have, in comparison, we compare ourselves with ourselves and we can be sort of externally better than it's better for me to mow your grass than murder you. True. Right? But even, even me mowing your grass as an unbeliever is tainted with self-love and with sin and falls short in some way. See, Christ, the reason Christ had to come and be born in a manger and live under his own law is because we didn't have any righteousness to plead before the throne of God. So He kept His own law in thought, word, and deed. He fulfilled all righteousness for the glory of the Father and for the good of His people because that is the righteous standing that would be credited to those who trust in Him. And then He went to that cross and became the propitiation for our sin. He died for our sins. Not just the physical death. He took the hell we deserve upon Himself. He took my condemnation and your condemnation upon Himself. See, the soul that sins shall die. The holy God of the universe cannot justify a sinner, cannot have fellowship with sin, must, must condemn sin. Because, See, if you don't get that, you don't understand the holiness of God. The angel's flying around saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God is not light and dark. He is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. And He cannot have fellowship with darkness other than to judge and condemn it. And that's what you see happening on that cross when Jesus is hanging there, and when He finally says, it is finished. And he was raised, you might not like what I'm preaching this morning, but he was raised on the third day proving it's all true. And nobody since then has ever even come close to disproving the resurrection. This Jesus we will all stand before. But the good news is he gives salvation as a free gift. Has God worked in you the humility to see that you are a sinner who falls short and deserves his condemnation? And so that you can turn and trust in Christ and receive Him as your Savior as a free gift and know that you're reconciled to God. Are you trusting in Jesus and Jesus alone this morning? Not Jesus and you, not Jesus and your mother, not Jesus and your preacher, not Jesus and anything else. Are you trusting in Jesus alone this morning? If so, you're a child of God and God worked that in you. You're forgiven for all of your sin. You're clothed in His righteousness. You are a child of God. If you're trusting in Christ, in Christ alone. If you're not, you need to. You don't want to stand before God on your own and answer for your breaking of His commandments in thought, word, and deed. You need a Savior and it's not you. And His resurrection proves it's Him. You will stand before Him someday either as reconciled to God or not. Read Matthew 25 in The Sheep and the Goats. But the good news is this morning, if you will receive Him, He will will have you. In fact, He will have worked that reception in your heart to start with. The Philippian jailer, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's what I say to you this morning. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. There's no sin you've committed that can't be washed away in His blood. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Look at verse 20. Never avenge yourselves. Entrust it to the Lord. And here's the contrary. How am I to relate to my enemies? To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Now, there's a radical response to persecution. There's a response that shines a light. Listen, this is not weakness. This is not sissified action. It takes way more courage to do this than it does to just give somebody a good sock in the eye. I can tell you I'm missing knuckles from doing that. That's easy. You getting hit and you hitting back is easy. This is hard. Only by the Spirit of God can and will we do this for the right reason. But God is saying, if you trust me, look to the cross. Trust me. I will empower you to live like my son and be able to do this. Now, listen, we can't imagine it right now because we're not under it. There's no grace for our imagination. But if his spirit is at work in us and we have this teaching within us and that persecution comes, this will resonate in our hearts. And the attending power of the spirit will attend it such that we can return a blessing instead. But we need this theology in there so that when it does come, we'll shut up. If our mouth is our problem, it's really not. It's the heart. It comes out the mouth and the hands and the feet. But we need this theology that we see what the Lord's calling us to. So when that moment does come, in small ways, it'll come right after this service. Somebody will test you with this. Big ways when we're persecuted. Look look back at the text. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. This burning coals is talked about a lot, and a lot of times fire and coals is used of judgment and all that kind of thing. But this thing probably means an intense burning shame. If God's at work, and that's the key, if God's at work in this situation, when you respond the way Christ calls you to respond, God's going to produce shame in that persecutor's heart that hopefully will lead to their conversion. That's what happened to my friend. When his roommates kept, he kept, he turned up the heat and kept persecuting them and they kept serving. And he, they just made him miserable. Yes, it made him mad. But it made him mad because he was ashamed. And he ended up that being part of him coming to hear the gospel from them and being converted. Go back and listen to last week's sermon if you want more on that. Proverbs 25, 21, and and Paul stopped a little short of verse 22. I'll read the rest to you. Proverbs 25, 21, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Why? Because you're trusting him and operating the way he's told you to operate. So now look at 21B. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil. Evil with good by trusting the Lord with all justice and vengeance and by obeying his commands, knowing they are for our good. See, verses 17 and 21 kind of bracket the section, don't they? You have a do not do this, but do this right on the on the on both sides. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not seek vengeance, but return evil with good. This is overcoming faith. This is walking by faith. This is walking in the spirit. And just giving it back is walking in the flesh. Again, remember David. Why did David respond the way he did? Well, number one, he was confident in his relationship with the Lord. His heart was filled with the God's law that he meditated on and sang about. A lot of your book of Psalms is written by David. He had the theology there so that even though all of his men were encouraging him to kill Saul, God was at work in his heart to just take the corner of his robe to show him, you're wrong, dude, I'm not after you. That wasn't why Saul was after him anyway. But this is what faith looks like. So just quickly, application. When mistreated, be quick to return mercy. And let's say you don't do it right away and you get a sentence or two out in the flesh before you remember to return mercy. Just confess that sentence of two. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I sinned. I should not have said that. And then give that gentle answer. But when you're mistreated, be quick to return mercy. Listen, how am I going to do that? Quick prayer. Remembering what Jesus said. Remembering these verses. Focus on returning the blessing instead. Treat them the way Jesus did treat his enemies and the way he commands you to treat yours. Treat them the way Jesus treats you. Repay no one evil for evil. Now listen, i got to be quick. But repaying someone evil for evil can be nothing more than a thought. Because of what they did, you think evil of them. In fact, that's where it starts boiling, right there. We are to glorify God in our thoughts, words, and deeds, right? So seeing them... Remember, we talked last week about seeing people with compassion helping us return a blessing instead. Seeing how big my beam of sin is before the Lord, that He's forgiven me, will help me see the littleness of their sin in comparison. But my thoughts... And therefore, my words and therefore, my deeds are all to be quick to return mercy, to think the best, to pray for them, to return a blessing instead. So when mistreated, be quick to return mercy like Christ. And listen, this is why we don't do it a lot of the times. Number two, trust God with the results. I've heard this so many times from people. Well, yeah, if I do that, they'll just take advantage of me. Well, I didn't know we had a resident fortune teller, but need to repent of that too. That's evil. But it doesn't matter what you think might happen if God has commanded you to do a certain thing. Trust God with the results. See, we are so afraid we're going to be taken advantage of. You are. You will. Get over it. He did, He was. Now, you you look to God through the cross and the gospel and you look to his commands through that so that you're ready then to return what Jesus did return and what he calls you to return. And then you trust him with the results. The one who says vengeance is mine. I will repay you. I'll take care of this. I might take care of it by converting and forgiving them. I might take care of it by judging them. Or bringing hard circumstances in their life during this life. I might do any of that. But just entrust it to me. You be like I call you to be. God will be glorified. And He will use it for good. Listen to me. If nowhere else, He will use it for good in you. This will be part of you becoming more like Jesus. Number three keep the gospel the main thing. We are to we are here, listen, this is why we are here. The great commission is to see our enemies made friends, not see them made a puff of smoke. How people respond when we return a blessing instead and especially especially think that blessing that you can return instead in the way that it fits In God's sovereignty and in your situation, the biggest blessing you can return instead is the gospel. To one who needs it. And again, trust God with how people respond. But see, the process involves us treating them all the way he says for us to treat them. The way he treats us with mercy and grace and kindness and a blessing instead. Listen, I want to warn you this morning. Beware of the bitter web of vengeance that will wrap itself around your heart and strangle the life out of you. Like a snake entangling your heart and squeezing. Bitterness will do that to you. If you start owning everything everybody throws at you, and seeking it as your job to come back at that. You are the one who is judge and executioner. You are the one to see to it that justice is done. You're going to wait till they look like they deserve it before you, you, you're going to do what Jesus told you to do to start with. That's bitterness wrapping itself around your heart. That's unbelief. That's a lack of faith in Jesus. It's squeezing your heart beware of it it'll consume you bitterness will consume you and it will consume those around you it will work slow and steady but that you know paul talks about the sin that so easily entangles bitterness easily entangles us and listen what makes it do that is pride i'm sorry but that's true Pride is what makes me defend myself. I'm not saying there's never a time to defend yourself. Remember, I qualified that last week. But here, he is commanding us to love our enemies like he has loved his enemies, which was us and brought us to himself. Beware of the bitter web of vengeance. I promise you it will destroy you and those around you. Well... I guess the script would have been different if Anigo Montoya was a faithful Christian. Hopefully it would have anyway. He would have sought to make disciples instead of practice day after day after day with the sword to slay his enemy. Look to Christ. Look at how Christ acted. Look at how Christ treats, treated his enemies and especially how he has treated you. And listen, if you're not trusting in him this morning... You need to, because the next time he comes, it's a conquering king. And when he sits on that throne and judges, it will be strict justice. But for now, the door is open to trust him and rest in him and receive salvation. And then follow him in loving enemies in keeping his glory primary. Listen, you'll have, this is not why we do it. We do it first and foremost because He commands it and we love Him and we want to glorify Him. But the, the outflow of it is if you, if you walk the way Christ tells you to walk, you'll have more peace. You'll have more peace in your life as well as in your heart. And you will be more fruitful for His kingdom. Love the way you have been loved and you will shine as lights in this dark world. To live as Christ. Amen. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, this is hard, yea, impossible for us in our own strength. And you know that. The command that you give us is attended by the power required to keep it. If we are your children with the Spirit of God at work in us, we can start a new habit today. We can stop returning evil for evil. We can start learning to return a blessing instead. We can learn to be quiet when we need to and wait until you've worked in our hearts so that we can return a blessing instead. But help us, Lord, to never, as your word says, never repay evil with evil. To never do that. To never seek vengeance, but to entrust it to you. Thank you that you have done that for us, Lord. That you have lived for us, Lord Jesus, and died for us. That you have drank the cup of wrath dry due us because of our sin. That you were raised the third day and ascended and are reigning for your church to get this gospel to the ends of the world. And you are coming again someday. And praise you that when you return, we as your children will be like you. Glorified. The work finished with you forever in the new heavens and the new earth. But until then, may we be kingdom agents in this world. Shining as light in the midst of this dark world. Bringing this gospel that tells us that salvation is a free gift through faith in Christ. That God requires that we repent of our sins. Turn from going our own way and following our own flesh in the world to trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. So work repentance and faith in our hearts and lead us in the paths everlasting. And even as your children, Lord, search us and try us and know us. See if there be any wicked way in us and lead us in the way everlasting. Help us to repent of returning evil for evil out of love for you and for one another, and for our neighbor, because Christ has loved us so. It's in Jesus' help.